Today it is January 1st, 2017. Can you imagine that? Time seems to be flying by. But today is the start of a new year. And this day, more than any other day, comes with a whole bunch of good advice. It comes with a whole bunch of good intentions. It comes with a whole bunch of big plans and big declarations. And there's something that seems about the start of a new year that causes us to set or to make all these lofty goals for a new year. So we come in, it's a new year, we set all these lofty goals, and then there's, there's something about that that we feel like we need to tell other people what our goals are. Maybe you're like most people, you've made a whole bunch of, of resolutions this year, you've set a lot of goals, and you've started telling people what your resolutions are for the new year. Well, I want to tell you today, this year, uh, I'm going to turn 46 years old this March, this year, I've celebrated my 45th New Year's celebration, uh, and here's what I've noticed in these 45 years. Now, not to be rude, but I'm just going to say it today. Uh, here's what I've noticed. No matter what we resolve, it ain't happening. <laughs> Again, not to be rude, but in my personal experience, in my personal observation, no matter what we resolve, no matter how big our plans are, no matter how great our willpower is on January 1st, for the most part, it ain't happening. And so in that spirit today, I've decided to just be honest with you today on New Year's Day 2017. So I want you to hear it from me today, January 1st, 2017. This year, I will not eat healthier. <laughs> not for long. I'm not going to do it. This year, 2017, I'm not going to cut out fried foods. And Susie Byers, I want you to help me in that. <laughs> I will not leave out desserts. I love desserts. Why would I leave out desserts? This year in 2017, I will not drink less coffee. I, I'm going to drink more coffee. I decided that last night. This year, I'm going to drink more coffee. I will not eat less red meat. Amen. <laughs> it's going to be a revival in a minute. In 2017, I will not join a gym, and if I do, I will waste my money because I will never go. In 2017, this will be the year that I will not run a marathon. I will not run a half marathon. I will not even run a 5K. In fact, let me just tell you, if you see me running, you better run because something's coming. <laughs> and I could go on and on of all the things I'm not going to do this year, but I want you to help me not do those things this year. Maybe you want to make a list of things you're not going to do this year as well. Very seriously today, I, want to, I do want to tell you, and I want to tell us from Scripture, I want to tell us from God's Word how to start a new year. January 2017, not pie in the sky resolutions that we're not going to keep, but I want us to see from God's Word how to actually start a new year. We're going to take about three weeks, and we're going to look at the same set of verses, and we're going to look at these things, how to start a new year. Our verses are found in Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look at two verses again for three weeks. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. How to start a new year. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the reverence and the honor of the reading of God's word. 
how to start a new year. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning here in verse one. It says this. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that as we start a new year, we start it with a ruling and reigning risen Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray today that you've been honored and that you are honored in this service. I pray that you'd be the focus of this service. I pray now as we, as we come to hear from your word that you would speak to your people, that you would teach us, that you would train us through your word. I, I pray that our hearts would be changed supernaturally in the hearing and the preaching of your word. I pray for this church that you would bless it, that your hand would strive with it, that we would live in this year for your glory. We would carry out your work as you would. The result would be that Lost people will be saved, that saved people will be changed, that disciples will be made, that would go out and make other disciples. We come now and again, we just praise you and we worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Again, we're going to take the next three weeks and we're going to lift three truths, three things for us to do as we start this new year. Now let me start off this series by saying this, and I'm, I'm gonna be very honest with you. Let me just start off by saying this. I want to see God move in 2017. I wanna see a powerful movement of God. I wanna see an awesome movement of God in 2017. I wanna see him move in our lives. I wanna see him move in our homes. I wanna see him move in our church. I wanna see an awesome movement of God in 2017. Let me tell you more than that. I want to see God in 2017. I want to hear from him and I want to walk with him and I, I want to be in step and in, in fellowship with him and I want to experience the joy that comes from being in fellowship with the one true living God. Let me tell you something else. Satan doesn't want that to happen. The world does not want that to happen. In fact, the odds are stacked against it. And Satan and the world, they want us to be overwhelmed. And they want us to be overworked. And they want us to be overextended. And they want us to be overcome. And they want us to miss walking with God in 2017. That's what Satan desires. That's what the world has for us, to miss a walk of fellowship with God in 2017. What if I told you today there is a biblical formula that we can follow, there are biblical steps that we can take to actually thrive in our relationship with God? Actually, there is, and that's what we're going to see here from Hebrews chapter 12 verses one and two. We're gonna see these three steps. Now we're gonna take each week and, and look at each step, but here are the three steps. This is what it takes for us to thrive in our walks with God. This is how we start a new year. These three things. First, consider the past. Second, consider the problem. 
And then third, I'm already excited for the third week, consider the perfecter. Consider the perfecter. This first week, we're going to start off and we're going to see how to start a new year. Consider the past. Consider the past. Now, let's look at the start of our verses today. We're going to look at the very start of verse 1. Whole sermon on just one sentence here. It says this, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Now, that starts off with the word, therefore. It is a very strong connecting word that connects this phrase, this passage, to the chapter before. Meaning, in the light of that, in the light of chapter 11, therefore, then connects us. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Now, first, I need to start off today, and let me just tell you, let, us, let me tell us today what this does not mean. There's some misperception of what this verse, these verses mean. First off, it does not mean that people who have passed on are sitting somewhere watching us, seeing our lives, and cheering us on. I hear this reference made, and I hear this verse used in it. Sometimes someone will say, well, you know what? They've become part of the great cloud of witnesses, or, or they've passed on. My grandpa or my, my loved one, they've passed on, and now they're part of this great cloud of witnesses, and they are somewhere watching me live my life. And I hear people say, and they're very well-meaning usually when they say that, but they'll say, you know what? Now they're watching over us. Or, or to cheer somebody up, they'll say, you know what? Now they're watching over you, and, and they saw you today, and they're, they're so proud of you today. I believe the Bible teaches the opposite. The Bible tells us when we pass away that we are with Christ. In fact, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I believe at that time our eyes are upon Jesus. Our focus is upon our Savior. And I'll just tell you very frankly today, I'm glad they're not watching me. See, it wouldn't be much of a reward if you go into the presence of Jesus, our Savior, and then you had to look back at the pain and the heartache of this earth. No, see this today. These witnesses aren't witnesses to our lives. No, they are witnesses to God's faithfulness in their lives. Understand, these aren't spectators for our race. No, these are runners who have finished their race and they have seen firsthand God's faithfulness. And, and the, the chapter, that 11th chapter tells us they themselves have run in faith and they were able to endure in faith and they have now overcome in faith. And so they are witnesses to, they are able to testify to the faithfulness of God. So the author of Hebrews is telling us, he's asking us, to consider these witnesses, to consider their testimony, these who are able to testify to the faithfulness of God in the past. He says here, consider these who have put their faith in God and therefore they can testify to the faithfulness of God. That's what he's telling us here. Consider them. Therefore, consider this cloud of witnesses. Think about these who've put their faith in God and therefore they can testify to the faithfulness of God. 
And so he says we must consider these folks, this list here in chapter 11. That's the therefore that ties this together. So I want to back up and I want to look at some things here in chapter 11. Chapter 11, I'm going to read the very first three verses. It says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. They gained approval by faith. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. So it starts off, this 11th chapter, and it tells us this is what faith is and this is what faith looks like and how do we know how the creation account is true? We believe it in faith. And then it starts and it gives us this great list of people of faith. And you move through that list and it's a tremendous list and you can look at those names and you can look at those accounts and and then you can go back and read the the entirety of their accounts. But it tells us here and it starts off, it tells us of the well-placed faith of Abel and it tells us of the misplaced faith of his brother Cain. And then you move along and it tells us the faith of Enoch whose life is counted in verse five as pleasing to God. Can you imagine recorded in scripture this man's faith was so great, his life was was so faith filled that he is described as pleasing to God. Look at verse six. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. You cannot please God without faith. In fact, you can't have a relationship with God outside of faith. And then, it, and then it goes back to the list and it tells us about Abraham who in his great faith leaves the known for the unknown. And he leaves the safe for the, for the unsure. And he, he does all that the Bible says because of the, the call of God. And, and we read there that in faith he is obedient. Then you continue reading along and it tells us of the faith of Sarah and who though she was unable to conceive, who even though she was past the childbearing years, she bears a son. And the Bible tells us here her descendants outnumber the stars that are countable in the skies. Her descendants outnumber the sands that are on the beach. Listen to verses 13 through 16. All these died in faith. This is a tremendous set of verses without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on earth. That's awesome. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And if indeed they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. All these faithful people, it says, you know what? They could have turned back. They could have put their eyes back on the things from which they've come from, but they were looking for an eternal city. They were looking for an eternal reward. And so these people exhibited and they walked in great faith. Really, these people here, they put their faith in God. And so over and over again, we see they lived to testify to the faithfulness of God. Can you imagine that? Had every opportunity to turn around, 
had every opportunity to go back. In fact, everything was pulling them in that direction, but they had put their faith in God and their faith in him was so strong. Their faith in him was so sure that their eyes were set for a reward that was in heaven, a peace that was with him. And so they walked in faith. Then it goes back to the list. It tells us about Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, it talks about Moses, all people who placed their faith in God and therefore they were able to testify to the faithfulness of God. And then the list goes on. It talks about Rahab the harlot. And it talks about Gideon. It talks about Samson, the man of, of godly strength. It talks about David, the king, the man after God's own heart. All people who placed their faith in God and therefore they were able to testify to the faithfulness of God. And then the Bible says of this, of these people. Listen to verse 33. This is what they did. Who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weaknesses were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, Women received back their dead by the resurrection and others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins, in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. These verses tell us, you know what these men, these women, you know what they saw? Great victories. They conquered kingdoms. They saw God chase the enemy out ahead of them, but they also saw great troubles. You know what? They saw the mountains, but at times they walked through the valleys, but you know what? They kept walking in faith. Very simply, in chapter 11, we have the testimony of those who place their faith in God and therefore they can testify to the faithfulness of God. And based on their testimony, it turns in chapter 12 and says, and therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. What does this mean? In order to start a new year, we must consider the past. Now stay with me, this is a big deal. You see, in order to have faith in God now, we have to see and we have to know where God was faithful in the past. Now that's a big deal. In fact, that's the whole point of this message. That's, that's a good thing for us to hear. Listen to that again. In order to have faith in God now, you want to have faith in God now, we have to see and we have to know where God has been faithful in the past. Listen to me today. How do we know where he's been faithful in the past? Why did he put this 11th chapter in here? In fact, why was he careful to record all of the, the accounts of these people? How do we know where he was faithful in the past? How do we start this new year? How are we ever able to have faith in God? How are we able to trust God? It comes down to this. Listen to me today. We have to know the word of God. What's the step? What's the formula? We have to know 
the Word of God. And I'm talking about today not be familiar with it, not be lightly acquainted with it, but the Word of God has to be in us. And we have to know the Word of God and we have to be radically committed to the Word of God and we need to hear it and we need to study it and we need to read it and we need to memorize it and we need to ponder the Word of God. That's the testimony. That's the faithful witness he's talking about. Listen to me. Hear me today on this New Year's Day. The greatest, most faith-producing thing that we could ever do is if we knew this witness, if we know this testimony. If you want to have a great faith, you have to know what God's done in the past, that you can have faith in the future. We have to know the Word of God. Parents, the greatest gift that you could give your kids is to put into them and to build into them the knowledge that this is the Word of God. You know what, this is the word of God and it's trustworthy. This is the word of God and it's true and it's the actual account of the faithfulness of the God that I serve. And then one day when the world backs them up against the wall and there seems to be no way out, those young kids will say, oh, not with my God. He opened up a sea and they walked across on dry land. And when the culture comes and puts them in the lion's den, and when the culture comes and is so opposed to them, it threatens to eat them alive, and the world says, it's time to world, they'll say, oh, not with my God. He held the lion's mouth shut. And when the storms of life come, and when the, the waves are tossing high, and when it seems that the ship is all but lost, these little kids will say, oh, not with my Lord. He said, peace be still, and the waves were still. How do we start a new year? We have to commit to know the word of God. It has to be in us so we can see where he's faithful in the past and we can have faith in the future. Paul writes in the letter to the Romans, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Listen to me today, it comes down to this. To have faith in God now, we have to see and know where God was faithful in the past. Calvary Baptist Church, moms, dads, students, adults, let that be our goal in 2017. That we would absolutely consume the word of God. That we would be consumed with the truth of God's word that we can know where our God was faithful in the past, that we might have a solid faith in the future. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come and I'm thankful for the truth of your word. And I come and as we start a new year, I pray that we will be excited, that we'll be drawn to it. The, the word of the living God, the living word of God, which is sharper and active than a, and, and moves in our hearts, is sharper than a double-edged sword that still speaks today that's relevant. I pray that we would know it and we would memorize it and we would study it. We would put our faith in it. We would, we would teach it to our kids, some of us to our grandkids. And that that would well up in us a spring of faith. There would be a people that would be unshaken, solid, determined, counted as faithful because our God is faithful. 
pray that you have spoken to us. And I pray that you continue to speak as we leave this service and press this upon our heart today. Pray that we truly be a people of your word. This will be a year that we would commit to know it, to consume it, to be consumed with it. Come now and I pray on this new year. I pray for some here that maybe do not know Jesus Christ. I pray that the greatest thing that would happen on this day is they would put their faith in our Savior for the forgiveness of their sin, for the redemption of their soul. And today they would walk out of here saved by faith in Jesus Christ. Moving their hearts as well. We come today and we just tell you on this day, we love you. We worship you and we submit to you. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.